John chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. Verse 36. We're going to slow down and stop here. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you humbly in the precious name of Jesus Christ this morning, Father. I just pray a blessing on this service, on these people, Lord God, everybody listening, Father. I just pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us. Move, Father God. Move among us, Father. Lord, we want to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that's never received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Father, they're not for sure if they're going to heaven. If they were to die tonight, Lord God, I pray, Father, that you would speak to the hearts of truth, Lord, and they would see the truth of Jesus Christ, that they need Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and without him, they're doomed and damned to a devil's hell. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you would... Speak to our heart the truth, Lord, and Father, help us, Lord, to understand the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. And I'm praying all this in His precious name, Jesus Christ, amen. amen. I want to preach this morning, I want to preach this morning on give me liberty or give me death. Amen. Give me liberty or give me death. Now, Patrick Henry is the famous orator, the famous lawyer that said that at the, at the turn of the, the start of our, our great nation. He stood up and said, give me liberty or give me death. And I want to preach that this morning about give me liberty or give me death. Let's go back up to verse 32. And you shall know the truth. Jesus Christ tells them, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Notice, notice. He didn't say you shall know a truth. It's not a truth. You shall know the truth. Jesus Christ in another part of Scripture in John chapter 14, He goes on to say, He stands up and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He is the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. That truth, my friends, is Jesus Christ. You need to know Jesus Christ. You need to know Him as your Lord and Savior. Now, the people that were listening to him, the, the, re the religious people, the Jews, the Sadducees, they went on to answer him. And this is how they answered him when he said that. They answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. Well, right there, they're lying. Because if you know anything about history, and you, you can read your Bible and find, enough, find out enough about this, they were in bondage to Rome at that time. Amen. The Romans told them what to do. And they hated the Romans. The Romans had come in, conquered them, were ruling them. They had to go to Pilate to ask them permission to do different things. Guys, they were in bondage and they never recognized it. They're so blinded to their bondage, they didn't recognize it so much to say, we've never been in bondage. And right there they stand in bondage. So that's the same way it goes with people who've never tasted the liberty that you have in Jesus Christ. If you've never tasted the liberty that you can have in Jesus Christ, you never know how deep a bondage you're in. You have no idea the bondage you're in until you get a small taste of Jesus Christ and that opens up your heart and you're like, whoa, this is wonderful. I am free. And not only am I free, I'm free indeed. 
This is amazing stuff. They didn't, they didn't understand it. Verse 34, Jesus answered them back, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Amen. Servant of sin. He tells them, hey, sin's telling you what to do. Sin will tell you, this is what I found out about sin in my life. Sin will tell you what to do. Sin will tell you what to say. And sin will tell you where to go. That's what sin will do to you. Amen. Ask anybody who's dealing with the problem of alcohol. Alcohol will tell them to drink. Alcohol, the sin of alcohol, drinking alcohol, will tell them to take a drink. For some people, it's such a sin, it'll tell them to drink. There's a Chinese proverb. Man take drink, drink take drink, drink take man. Drink take man. That's what sin will do. Do you want to know real liberty? Real liberty is only found in Jesus Christ. Here he goes on to say there in verse 35, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Servants come and go. You pay a servant, he comes in, you, he does some stuff for you. You pay a maid, she comes in, cleans the house, she leaves the house. The son always abides. The son's always there. The son always has a place. The son always has a key. The son always has access. The son's always going to be there. So if you want to have access into heaven, you need to go to the son. The only son of God in Jesus Christ. The only chosen one. The one, Jesus Christ. The truth. Verse 36, and if... The Son, therefore, shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. Amen. I want to preach on liberty. In this day and age we're living in, especially in the last three or four months, our liberties have been took from us at an alarming rate. And it's amazing to me how so many people just yawn about it and just say, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. So many, and I, I, I'm not judging any pastor, but so many pastors are so quick to just turn over their liberties to the government. Oh, you don't want me having church? Okay, I won't have church this morning. Even though some of them feel in their heart, I should be having church. Some of them think I should be having church. But the, the, the city's not letting me have church. When did you start letting the city tell you when you can win or when you can't have church? You, we're living in America. What are you talking about? Liberty is defined. Liberty is defined as the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. Amen. Liberty is being able to do what you want to do. Liberty is the power or scope to act as one pleases. One of the greatest things about being in this great country of America is having the liberty that we have in this great country. And I've told people, and they look at me, and they scoff at me, and they roll their eyes. I say, there's some things that could be, just to be more, I'm more afraid. There's things to be more fearful of than the COVID-19. And that's somebody taking my liberty. When I, when I get up and I spout my mouth off and say, give me liberty or give me death, I'm not just running my mouth. I cherish my liberty. I cherish my liberty I have in this country, and I for sure cherish my liberty I have in Jesus Christ. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to define this liberty a little bit more for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 21. Give me liberty or give me death. Some people say, give me safety. 
I don't, I don't care about my liberty. You can have my liberty. Just give me safety. Well, you know what? I might be stupid. I might get COVID. I might die of COVID-19. But I want to have the right to die like I want. I want to live like I want to live and die like I want to die. Amen. Give me that right. Don't take that right away from me. As long as I'm not hurting anybody, and you'll say, well, you're going to take it, and you're going to spread it around. Well, get away from me. Stay away from me. You won't let me come near you. You know, don't worry about that anyway. We, we, were, we were in Walmart, and they had six feet apart. They're trying to spread everybody apart. And then you get, then you get to the checkout line, and everybody's crammed in there. It's just, you know, if you're afraid of that stuff, and I'm not afraid of it, and maybe I should be. I'm not afraid. But if you're, if you're afraid of that stuff, stay home. What are you doing up at Walmart? Everybody and, their, everybody and their dog were up at Walmart. And when I say their dog, I mean their dog, carrying their dogs around, you know. It, it, it's, I'm getting off on a rabbit trail. Romans chapter 8, verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into this glorious liberty of the children of God. Amen. So my final definition to give you of this uh, liberty before we move on is this liberty is glorious. It's glorious. And if you can't say, I've never tasted the glory of the liberty of God, then you're missing out big time. I cannot begin. It's hard for me to explain how glorious it is. You say, well, how, wh how glorious is it to you? Well, it makes me go to church at least twice a week and to sing songs to Jesus Christ. I glorify Jesus Christ because of this liberty. There'll be times I'll be out in my yard and I'll be watering my grass and I'll start singing songs to Jesus Christ. I'll be in my shower, and I won't be washing my hair, but I'll be washing my body. I don't have no hair to wash, but I'll be singing songs to Jesus Christ. Washing dishes, I'll be singing songs to Jesus Christ. I'll be at work, I'll be song, singing songs to Jesus Christ. I have so much liberty in Jesus Christ. It brings me glory. I want to glorify Him. It's so glorious. It brings me such happiness and joy to have this liberty I have in Jesus Christ. I'm going on and on. It's like talking about this water. I can't tell you how, how refreshing this water is until you come and take a drink. I can talk about Jesus and the liberty that we have in Jesus and that Jesus has set me free from the bondage of sin. I can't tell you how glorious that is. You've got to come down and taste it. Amen. And if you never taste it, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out. Amen. You're missing out. And there's no other way, no ifs, ands, or buts. You're missing out. You're missing out. If you never taste the glorious liberty we have in God. Look at Psalm 119. Psalms 119. Follow along with me if you can. Psalms 119. I'm going to show you something else about this liberty. Psalm 119 verse 45. Yes. Makes you want to shout. Makes you want to sing. That's why Christians are always so happy. They're happy because liberty is being wrung in their hearts. The bell of liberty is being rung in their hearts every day. And boy, it makes a Christian sing. It makes a Christian happy. It makes a Christian happy when they're going through some of the worst storms in their life. A Christian still has happiness. You say, how do you explain that? Because they got liberty ringing in their heart. The freedom, the glorious liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. When you've been set free by Jesus Christ, there's nothing like it. And when he sets you free, you will be free indeed. Look at Psalm 119, verse 45. Psalms chapter 119, verse 45. This whole psalms is about the word of God. And the psalmist says here in verse 45, this is what he says, I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. We keep this liberty because we keep God's words. 
We keep this liberty because we keep God's words. I know I have liberty in Jesus Christ, and the liberty I have in Jesus Christ is because of these words. So these words are very, very important to me. So how important are they to you, Brother Keegan? Well, when the government gives me words to follow that go against what God's words tell me to follow, I take these words over the government's words. I ought to obey God rather than man. So whenever I'm at home, and I know I've got some liberty to do some things, and then Governor Abbott Abbott says, well, we're going to allow churches, because that's essential. essential. We're going to allow churches. That's an essential spiritual necessity. Now, I do appreciate him having that attitude. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate Governor Abbott saying that, and saying that spiritual worship, places of worship like churches and synagogues, they're essential. I appreciate him saying that. But he doesn't give me the right. No, you need to understand that. He doesn't give me the right to do it or not to do it. Amen. God gives me that right. Amen. And I appreciate his attitude, but him to say, we're going to allow, you're not allowing me to do squat. God's allowing me to do this. Amen. God says, worship me, and I'm going to worship you. I don't care if you say I can't or can. We're living in a country where they're telling them you can't. Amen. Thank God I live in Texas, where we got some half-sane people here. I said half. But I, I, I saw that over in Florida where they had some pastor over there got arrested. In Florida, United States of America, a pastor was arrested for holding church. Amen. God forbid that should happen in America. Wake up! Somebody's losing their liberties. So the government says, no, you can have it out in the parking lot. Get your little cars and you can pull out in the parking lot and your pastor can get out there on a bullhorn. And he can preach to you, and you can crack your window about this much, and we'll let you do that. So some of the pastors, being good men, a lot better men than me, that try to obey the law, because I could care less, they say, okay, we're going to do what you want us to do, and they get their congregations together and get out there, rah, rah, and they start preaching everything. Over in Mississippi, they came and were giving them tickets for doing that. The pastor gets up. He says, I'm going to have a parking lot service. They said, no, you're not going to have a parking lot service. If you do, you show up there. We're going to start handing out tickets. We're going to arrest some people. You can drive right by that church, and they won't let you stop at that church and have church. But you can drive right over to Walmart and get what you want at Walmart. God forbid that's happening in America. But it is. We're losing our liberty. Does that not scare any one of you? I've had people call me stupid and ignorant to keep having church, and I probably am. I probably am, but I have that right. And if you come arrest me, are you going to arrest me? And I'm going to tell you, you're breaking the Constitution of the United States. My First Amendment that I have in this country right here, and I'm going to read it to you because some of us forget it. We We were asleep that day in class. First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment. Now, 
I don't care if you say, well, that First Amendment don't, don't matter whenever uh, the COVID-19 is in effect and the government's taking over and military rule. Well, whenever the government decides to start doing what they're going to do, I'm going to look at my Bible and I'll say, you know what? I'm going to follow the Bible over God, over man, because God give me these liberties, not man. My liberties do not come from the United States. It comes from, man, it comes from God. Amen. And man thinks they can take that away from me. No, you can't. Jesus Christ gave me these liberties, and I'm going to keep these liberties. Amen. You say, man, you sure are loud and boisterous and running your mouth. Like, yeah, because I'm a Baptist. <laughs> and you don't know church history if you think that's strange. I've had to apologize for being up. People ask me, talk to me and act me, talk to me and act. Like, I need to apologize for being a Baptist. Like, you don't know church history. You don't know about church history, not one bit. And I'm going to educate you if you're listening this morning. This is a Methodist historian. This is a Methodist historian. Methodist, not Baptist, Methodist historian. This is what he said about the Baptists at the turn of the start of this country. They were God's patriots. Talking about the Baptists. They were God's patriots, putting allegiance to him always above allegiance to Caesar. Freedom of conscience and complete divorce of church and state. How they have suffered for that. They have faced mockery and mud, fines, whippings, and iron bars. They have been burned at the stake and pulled on the rack, but they have held to it. They believe we have a right to do how we want to do with our Lord God. Amen. So I have a right to come in and worship. I'm not bothering anybody. I have a right to come in here. and Everybody in here is under their own voluntary will. Except for you kids, you're forcing here by your parents. <laughs> you say, yeah, my mama, my mama made me go to church when I was young. So that's why I don't go to church now. Yeah, your mama made you brush your teeth and take a shower and, and, and comb your hair. You don't do none of that now? She made you do the right things. If you don't get what I'm saying to you. Another church state scholar, his name was Leo Pfeffer. This is what he said. The Baptists were the most active, most active of all the colonial religious bodies in their unceasing struggle for religious freedom and separation. Amen. Why are you a Baptist? Bad them old Baptists. Baptist I'm a Baptist because I believe in liberty. I'm an independent Baptist because I believe in autonomy. I don't want some convention up there in Tennessee telling me how to run things down here. Amen. They, can go, they go jump off a cliff. You really mean that, brother? I mean they can jump off a cliff. When we started this church, got this church up and going, it was in shambles. There's pews laying everywhere. Nothing was painted. It was a mess. Came in here and started getting the church, trying to get the church up and going. Got going for about a year. Things were going pretty well. Got a lot of people coming in here. Guess who shows up? We shows up the General Baptist Convention. The, the, uh, the area missionary shows up at this church. Well, I just want to come out here and check out what you were doing and this, that, and another. They didn't have a pastor here. Nobody would send them anybody to preach. They could barely drag me out here. I come out here, and all of a sudden, things start getting rolling. Guess what? They show up. He comes in here and starts telling me he's up here. I'm the area missionary, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, brother, I said, we voted out of the convention. We're not in the convention. We're independent. You know what he told me to my face? You can't do that. I'll revoke your vote. <laughs> I said, brother, I said, we're Baptist. I'm, I'm, I'm autonomous. What does that mean? That means I can do what I want to do separate from anybody else. You, don't get, you, don't, you can't come in here and tell me you're going to revoke my vote. 
You're lucky I don't string you up right in here. I showed him a lot of grace. I didn't say that to him. I didn't say that to him. I thought that. Well, I, I tried to show grace. I said, you know what, brother? I said, I'll give you 10 minutes. You can get up there. I'll let you up there at the pulpit, and you can tell what, what the general convention, what the convention can do for this church, and let the people decide. They can vote. This is their church. I'm just along for the ride. I'll let them do it. He goes, no, you've already, sounds like you've already made your mind up. And he sat down, and I'll give him credit. He stayed through the whole service. And after the service, he left, and I've never seen him again. That was about 12, 13 years ago. Never seen him again. Didn't do nothing for us. And I don't expect him to. This church needed to be painted. We needed some help. I went looking around at some different people that were so, no, nobody would help us. Not one penny. You can ask Brother Ronnie Hoggett about that. We had to come up with that ourselves. And God took care of us. God took care of us. We have liberty in Jesus Christ to do what we want to do. The Angelican Church ran the state of Virginia back in the beginning of this great country. And the government would arrest people that were preaching, that didn't have a license. The government was arresting people that were preaching out on the streets. If you weren't an Angelican preacher, they would, they would arrest you for, and throw you in jail. And this is what they said. They had one of the lawyers come in that was convicting one of these uh, Baptist street preachers. And this is what they said about this Baptist street preacher back in 1768. May it please your courtships. These men are great disturbers of the peace. Sounds like something you hear on the internet. Well, they're offending me. They're offending me. They're offending my feelings. I don't like what he said. They're great disturbers of the peace. Look at this. Listen to this. They cannot meet a man upon the road, but they must ram a passage of Scripture down his throat. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. He says that they'd meet somebody on the road. They must ram a passage of Scripture down his throat. Quoting Bible. Quoting Bible. Quoting Bible. Quoting Bible. You old Bible thumper. You old Bible thumper. Yeah, amen, amen. I'm a Bible thumper. Because this is where I get my liberty right here. Amen. Everything you know about Jesus Christ? Yeah, everything you know about Jesus Christ? Come from this amen. Word of God. That's why they were ramming scripture down people's throat. People don't like it. When the Angelican preach, priest or preacher would say something, they'd say it right back. Say, well, the scripture says, so they arrested him. Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. The guy said that. He was a defender of Baptist street preachers. And this, I'm going to read you what he said. I'm going to close this and read you what he said, then we'll move on. Patrick Henry, when he, was, he came to defend a Baptist street preacher that had been arrested, this is what he said. And listen to me, God. If you listen to anything this morning, listen to this. Patrick Henry said this. Great God, gentlemen. Great God, gentlemen. A man in prison for preaching the gospel of the Son of God. Amen. Great God. We're in America where men... Pastors are getting arrested for holding church. Because somebody's scared. They're scared. You can be scared. You have a right to be scared. But leave me out of it. Amen. I have a right to my liberties. And it's given to me by this book. And I'm going to take this book over anything you say. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Getting kind of hot in here. Glad we have the air conditioners turned up. Getting kind of hot. Getting kind of hot. Hey, I, this stuff's serious to me. 
I'm a pastor. I, it's my responsibility. This stuff's serious to me. I'm a pastor. I have responsibilities uh, to the Lord. And whenever I see somebody trying to take away my liberty, it scares me. It scares me. Hey, you can have it. People, oh, you, you're, you, you should just follow what the government says. Are you crazy? Are you, are you really that nutty? Really, seriously. Say, well, you know, it's, it's not illegal. No, you know, you know, pornography. It's not illegal in the United States to have pornography or to watch pornography. You know what my book says about that? It's wicked. Amen. It's wicked. I don't care what the government says is good or, go good or right or wrong. Forget what the government says. Pick up your book and read your Bible. It's about the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. You need to put a star next to this. What that does, it shows you that the Spirit of the Lord is what propagates liberty. The Spirit of the Lord is what propagates liberty. Propagates, grows it, helps it flourish. What flourish what, when liberty flourishes is when the Spirit of the Lord is moving on a people. But when a nation, time after time after time, turns their face against the Lord God and spits in the face of Jesus Christ and mocks His Word, you can be sure that the Spirit of the Lord is going to skedaddle. Amen. They're out of here. He's gone. And when the Spirit of the Lord leaves, there'll be no liberty. Amen. So as you wake up every morning and you see more and more of your liberty being snatched away from you, and people mocking you for trying to stand up for your liberty and people getting after you and you losing that liberty, you can be rest assured that the Spirit of the Lord has stopped moving on this country. Amen. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You want liberty in your life? You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. You need to be born again. You need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says He'll give you that Spirit. He'll live in you. He'll dwell in you. And that liberty I've been preaching on and on about this morning, you'll taste it, and boy, you'll be like me. You will love it. Amen. It'll be like chocolate to a fat woman. Oh, you'll just eat it up and eat it up and eat it up. You'll eat it up, man. Just give them that chocolate cake. Just come, 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 come. That's how you'll love liberty. You'll love it, man. You'll love it. But you got to taste it, though. Yeah, I can talk about it, but you got to taste it. You know, I was, reading about, <laughs> I was reading about this guy that was, this is back in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. This guy, he had this conference, and they were bringing these men in, and they said, we're going to figure out how to, make, to bring down the cost, and we got, they're trying to get electricity really going in America, and, and they had this, uh, these, uh, this convention, and they were talking about how much it cost to put electricity in a room. And guess what? There was a Texan there. Name was Bill. And this Texan, from, this Texan named Bill, he stood up and he said, he said, man, I can make that half the price of what y'all are doing. I can do it for half the, that price. And everybody in the convention was astonished. So the next day they said, okay, Bill, we want to take you to the room. We want you to show us how you're going to do that. With this electricity. So old Bill, he gets out the electricity. And Ronnie's going to love this. He gets out the electricity. He gets out a staple gun. He starts, he starts, stapling the, starts stapling the electric wires along the outside of the walls. They're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? That goes against the fire code. 
And Bill said, the fire code? They said, the fire code. And they gave him the book to let him look at the book. And this is what he said. He said, the more a fella knows in this country, the less liberty he's got. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Yeah. The, less, the more a fella knows in this country, the less liberty he's got. I can't remember, I've heard the studies and the reports and the, the stats about how many laws are out. There's so many laws in this country, you can't keep up with all of them. And when you see more and more and more and more laws, you, you can be rest assured that's man. Amen. And you're losing your liberty. That's not the Spirit of God. That's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God propagates liberty. The Spirit of God never squashes liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. All right, let's go on to the next one. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Moving right along. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Let's move right along. We're going to start closing this down. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. What should I do in this liberty as a Christian? I'm a Christian. And as a Christian, what should I do with this liberty? Well, the Bible gives you some, some advice. Gives you some rules. Chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says here, Paul writes here, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We should stand strong in our liberty, Christ gave us. We should stand strong in it. That means stand fast. It's, you're standing fast. It's firm. It's strong. Guys, we don't want to give an inch about our liberty. I don't want to give an inch about the liberty that I have according to the Constitution of the United States, and I'm for sure not going to give an inch to that liberty I have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Not one inch. Not one inch. It amazes me how many men, if they ever come get my, they can have my gun when they pry it from my cold, dead fingers, and if they ever come for my guns and this, that, and another, and as soon as they tell you to stay at home, there you are staying at home. It's okay to fight back. It's okay to push back. That's how this country was started. The Boston Tea Party. If you don't like it, push back. I'm not, telling, I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about doing anybody any harm. I'm talking about standing up and using your voice and saying, No. Uh, no. Amen. Well, if you go to church, we're going to come arrest you. Well, come arrest me. Because God gave me that right, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going, to be like, I'm going to be like Peter. You know what Peter told him? Just like I said earlier. We should obey God rather than man. Amen. If you if the good conscience can send that poor country boy down to this church and arrest me for doing something you don't like, send him on down here. We're going to preach at him. Amen. We're going to ram scripture down his throat. <laughs> and we're going to hope he's saved before he leaves. And on the whole way to the police station, I'm going to be preaching to him. And when I get into the jail cell, you throw me in jail, we're going to have a revival in jail. I'm going to preach in there. We're going to be singing to Jesus Christ. We're going to have a good time in there. I've been down at the maximum security down there. You put me down there with all those other brothers. They've seen me in there for years going down there preaching to them down at the maximum security prison. I'll go down there with all my friends. They're a lot nicer to me than some of you guys. You know, you know it's pretty amazing. You say, oh, they're so mean. They're in there for murder. And thing. You, it's amazing what a guy will act like when he's not drunk. When, you, when a man's not high on drugs and not drinking, it's amazing how normal he acts. I'd have a good old time down there. I, we should stand fast. 
We should not give up. Patrick Henry, Patrick Henry shouted, give me liberty or give me death. The next generation shouted, give me liberty. And this generation, it just shouts, give me. Amen. Give me. Give me. Give me. Nowadays, God helps those who help themselves, and the government helps those that won't. That's the society we live in. Our liberty, I can't stress it enough, and I'm going to say it one more time if I say it a hundred times. Our liberty, com our liberty comes from Jesus Christ, not from man. Amen. Not from the government. It for sure don't come from a Baptist preacher. Your liberty don't come from me. It don't come from a Catholic church. It don't come from a pope. Our liberty comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at verse 13, same chapter. Chapter, chapter 5, verse 13. Look at verse 13. Some advice we need to some advice about having liberty in Jesus Christ. We need to stand strong in that liberty in Jesus Christ. And verse 13 tells us some more advice. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Don't abuse your liberty. Yeah, I have liberty. I love my liberty. I'm, I'm, I'm proclaiming the liberty I have in Jesus Christ, but I shouldn't abuse it. I shouldn't take advantage of it. That's what happens with a lot of teenagers. A lot of teenagers, they start experiencing liberty. The first time they really experience liberty in their life, and they can't handle it. They're not mature enough to handle it. They go off and do stuff they shouldn't do. They get into trouble. Hey, I was a teenager. I did that. They're not mature enough. You need to be a mature Christian and realize, yeah, I have the liberty to say what I want to say, but there's, there's, there's some things I shouldn't say. Yeah, I have the liberty to do what I want to do, but there's some things I shouldn't do. A boss is a perfect example of that. A boss, some men become leaders. They get, they get leadership. They get power. And then they start doing things to people that they shouldn't be doing. Doesn't make it right just because you can do it. Doesn't make it right just because you can do it. You should be, use that liberty, for an, not to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And I trust and hope and pray that the liberty that Jesus Christ has given me that I use that liberty to love on people. And when I'm raising my voice and you've seen me get excited in the church and you've seen all this, this is because I love you guys and I'm trying to wake you guys up. And proclaim it like Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. Amen. Let me show you one more of these. Look at James 2. We're closing here, James chapter 2. One, one more of these and we're closing. We're getting out of here. We're getting out of here and you have liberty to go get something to eat. Go eat lunch. Whatever you're going to do, go mow the grass or whatever. You've paid your dues, you paid your penance. Now you can do whatever you want to do for fun, <laughs> for fun the rest of the day. <laughs> oh man, James, I love I love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I I couldn't I couldn't have so much fun or laugh as much if I didn't know Jesus Christ. I just I have such a I have such a peace in my heart. That Jesus Christ has given me that no matter what, everything's going to be all right. Look at James chapter 2, verse 12. We're going to close here and then we're going to get out of here. So speak ye and so do. In other words, speak the way you talk, what you're doing. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Yeah, you got the law of liberty. In other words, you got liberty to do what you want to do, say what you want to say, but really... You need to understand this. You're going to be judged for that. You're going to, everybody's going to be judged. I'm not just talking to Christians. Now, you're going to be judged by the liberty you have in Jesus Christ. God's given every man liberty. And that's one of the, what the forefathers taught us. 
These liberties were, were, were given to us by God. Amen. Not just every man is born with these liberties. Amen. Everybody on these sound my voice has the liberty to do and to choose whatever they want to do. Amen. Now, if you're not a born-again Christian, that should scare you. Because when you die and take your last breath, you're going to stand before God. Before you go to the devil's hell, he's going to judge you. And when you stand before God and you say, I didn't, you can't stand before God and say, I didn't have a choice. God's going to say, no. I give you the liberty Amen. to choose Jesus Christ or not to choose Jesus Christ. And he's going to point his finger at you and say, you chose not to take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But, but I'll go back. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Read his name. Open the book. And they'll open the book, Lamb's Book of Life, like it says in Revelation 20, and they'll look for your name, and the angel will say, His name's not here. Amen. Be cursed into an everlasting fire, and the angels are going to take you and throw you into hell. That's all scripture. That's all the Word of God. How do I get out of that, Pastor? How do I get out of that? I don't want to get into that. I know, I know I'm a sinner. I know if I stand before God, I'm, I'm doomed. I have no choice. i got some good news for you. That's what the gospel means. The good news is that Jesus Christ paid for all those sins. When he was hanging on the cross, he became sin. That precious blood, God uses that precious blood to justify you, to make you right in his eyes, to atone for your sin, to make you at one with God. There's all, that thing, there's all kinds of things that blood did to you, but to make it simple is to say this. If you'll take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, knowing he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day, that he's alive. So when you pray and say, Lord, I just want, I, this is the best way you know how. Jesus Christ, I know, I'm, I know I'm a sinner. Will you save me? When you can just pray a prayer like that, knowing he can hear you, the Bible says you will be saved. Amen. There's no works. You're not going to work your, way in the, work your way into heaven. Listen, this liberty is given to you freely. Amen. And when the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for the liberty we have in Jesus Christ, Lord God. Father, give us the strength, Lord God, to stand in this liberty, but, Lord, to always be doing those things that are proper, those things that are right, Lord God, and in your eyes. We don't care what the government thinks, Lord. We, we try to live a peaceful life, Lord. We do pray for our governor. We pray for our president, Lord God, and we do thank you for the liberties we do have right now. So many of our brothers and sisters are living in countries that don't have any liberty at all, Father, and I pray a blessing on them, Lord God. But, Father, we do... Thank you, Lord God, the liberty you give us in Jesus Christ. Lord, now if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice, Father, that they can't think of a time they've took Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you come into their heart, speak to their heart the truth, Lord. Father, let them know, Father, that if they'll come down this aisle, just put their hands in my hands, Lord God, and say that I want to be saved, Lord God, that you will save them, and you'll keep them, and you'll get them into heaven, Lord God. And I thank you for that promise, Lord. And I thank you for saving my soul all those so many years ago, Lord God, as a simple, as a simple young man, knowing I was a sinner, Lord God, coming down and getting saved, Lord God. I want to thank you for my salvation. Lord, thank you for the people that are listening. Lord, I pray a hedge of protection around everybody in this church, Lord God, Father. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that they love you enough. They just want to come out and hear from you, Lord God. And I pray your Holy Spirit will move. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. 
If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all your care upon Him.